Welcome to a drink of wisdom with Nathan Drinkard. I'm Jay Wise. Thanks for spending some of your time with us. As you know, we're on Anchor, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify, we're, we're everywhere these days. We're also on the A Drink of Wisdom YouTube channel. If you're looking for the video format of the show, you can find it there and streaming live on the ColorCast app. Drink, lot to get to today. So much to get to. Great to have you along for this one. And you know, I'm glad to be along. You know what time it is. Um, you know, uh, but I'd be remiss without saying how everything going on there with you and yours and the new addition to the family, baby. It's pretty good, man. Pretty good so far. I, uh, I think I went to bed at four this morning and got up at nine thirty and it's been nonstop since. But we're gonna take a little pause. We're gonna take a little pause from all that and get to some of this this good stuff that we got cooking. You know what I'm saying? How are you, man? Well, you know, it's another day, another dollar, and you know I'm ready to give the streets what they need. We see what they don't and absolutely say what they want. Set your dinner plates because I know it's time to eat, but you need to eat what we about to lay down on these streets. But last but not least. Let's talk some sports, baby. What, what you got for us today, Jay? All right, man. This is episode 26 of season three. We're going to talk Chiefs, Chargers, 76ers, Nets. And we're about to see the return of a Brooklyn Net we haven't seen all year. Could he save the Nets from the pandemic? We, we don't know, but I guess we'll, we'll talk about it. But we are going to start tonight with uh i believe this is the first uh, nfl head coaching firing of the season if you had uh urban meyer uh well you've won whatever uh rewards come along with that urban meyer has been fired after just 13 games in his first and only nfl season after a 2 and 11 record but it was more about all the off-field distractions and just uh general uh foolishness that went on the most recent um, reports came from Tom Pelissero of, of NFL Network, uh, outlining some issues with the coaching staff. Uh, I believe assistant coaches were referred to as losers. Uh, veteran Marvin Jones had to be talked into like not leaving the premises. And you also have maybe the final straw was uh, one of their their old kickers, Josh Lambeau, that Urban Meyer kicked him, kicking the kicker. Sounds like an NFL penalty. Drink. Um, what is your what is your reaction? Uh, this firing of sorts. Well, my first reaction is, no matter how successful you are in college football, it is very hard to come up to the NFL and coach. And um, you know, I know this subject don't have anything to do with Nick Saban per se, but I will say that um, a lot of a lot of people give grief to Nick Saban for his short stint in the NFL, then he came back and we see what he do, he's doing in college football. And now I'm looking at Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer, like, like we talked about before we, we went live, Urban Meyer is probably regarded as the, you know, the second best active head coach in college football behind Nick Saban. Um, and he went to the NFL, he, he took his hat, you know, he, he shot his shot and he realized that um, Ain't, ain't nothing sweet out here on these streets, man. Ain't nothing sweet out here, and and I think I think he got overwhelmed. With with that said, I don't agree with his behavior. I don't agree if, if everything is true. I don't agree with nothing he's been doing as far as outside of coaching. The the incident at the bar in Cleveland. Now listen, I'm gonna tell you like this. Um, not not Cleveland, but the the bar in Ohio. Um, yeah, I know a lot of people made a big deal of that. He didn't fly back with the team, and he stayed back. Listen, that happens all the time. 
These guys got millions and millions of dollars. They got private jets. That ain't that big of a deal that he stayed back. The problem was he stayed back, and then that's what we got out of it. That was the problem. Like, you know, if you're going to stay back and be with family and friends, be with family and friends. Instead, you was elbow deep in some young lady's crouch and doing what you was doing. I mean, uh, I don't know, Doc. I don't know if you was delivering the baby or not, but uh, yeah, it's almost out head first. So, um. That's the problem, right? You you doing stuff like that, and then another thing we talk about is every time we watch a Jacksonville game, he just looks so uninterested in what's going on. Either his head is hurting, he got a poop. I don't know if he's constipated, but he looks so uninterested in what's going on. It's just, it's ridiculous. You got Trevor Lawrence out here trying to live up to the bill that he hasn't quite lived up to yet. And, and the head coach is just out here like, oh, hey, who got my alka Oh, heartburn, heartburn. Like, what what are we doing out here, right? Um, and then you got the, late, the latest and greatest, right? The remarks, he, he's, he, the rumors that's floating around of what he said to the coaching staff. You guys are some bombs. My coaching staff at Bowling Green was better coaches. Y'all suck. Um, and then now this whole... He tried to uh, kick Josh Lambeau for a 35-yard field goal. That's like this is just unbelievable behavior. And listen, I didn't think somebody would come and take the old Freddie Kitchens trophy, but go ahead and take. Urban Meyer said, "Hey, hold my headset, cause um that's exactly what happened here. That's exactly what happened here. Urban Meyer took the cake and ran with it. He took off and didn't look back." With all of that said, I still think he should have finished the season. Listen, I, I and I'm going to give you my, my, my reason why. First of all, you're the Jacksonville Jaguars. Let's not cut this like this. we're talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers or something here. Let's not even cut this like we're talking about the Atlanta Falcons here. Because Jacksonville, I mean, other than the, the old um, Doug Monroe, Blake Bortles, you know, Leonard Fournette, uh, Saxonville team, this team ain't taste success worth a darn. And you hired, the, the owner hired Urban Meyer because he had a vision. He believed in Urban Meyer. How do I know he believed in Urban Meyer? He gave him a five-year contract. He gave him a five-year contract for a guy that never coached an NFL game in his life, right? So you would think in some, somewhat, you know, he, he believed in him. And then, yeah, the season, are they winning? No, but you're the Jacksonville Dude, you just got the first overall pick. The, the dude is a coach. He's not Jesus. He's not God. He's not going to just come and just flip this thing around. And yet it's still, I got it. The shenanigans, you know, the conduct is off the charts. but the, And the proficiency wasn't there to, you know, rep, you know, take on the conduct. But you, you kind of got to let the guy finish the season. As much as crap as we talked about Freddie Kitchens, Freddie Kitchens finished the season at least. He at least got to finish the season. Urban Meyer, he got axed. And some say well-deserving. And I'm one of those people that say conduct-wise he did. But I just feel like when you sign a guy for five years, you let him finish the season. And you see if he can finish the season on a positive note to give you confidence in season two. Well, you did none of that. You you fired him. So now Trevor Lawrence got to get with a whole nother coach in year two. And hope that coach don't come out here and and drop the ball and, and you know flop around with the headset on. It, and 
I think Shao Kahn, listen, I, he's probably in a lose-lose situation, to be to be very honest with you. He's at an owner meeting, and then here come the story about Josh Lambeau. Like, he, he's like, come on, man. If it ain't one thing, it's another. So, he's like, you know what? I'm going to have to cut ties, and we're going to have to figure this out. But to Urban Meyer case, um, this is probably his one and only stint in the NFL after this. I don't, I don't think no NFL team will probably take another gamble on him after this. Um, but to your credit of what you said, I think we will see him in college football again. We'll see him, especially with college football being the way it is now, where it's turning more and more into the NFL as you see this recruiting cycle. And now with the transfer portal just turning into complete free agency. And now teams can legally spend money to get players now. Um, it's turning more to the NFL model just with younger kids. Um, an amateur NFL model. And I think that does benefit somebody like Urban Meyer as long as he still remember how to play this game on the college football level. And I, I mean, until I see he don't, I'ma say he do. Everywhere he went, he done made, he turned them in from a zero to a hero, baby. So I think he can go back to college football and, and be the guy that um, we remember him as. NFL, it just shows you, man. This is hard. This is hard. It's, it's a lot harder to be Jimmy Johnson or Pete Carroll or, or Jim Harbaugh than it is to be, you know, the Urban Myers or the Nick Sabans or, or the other head coaches that didn't try it. It's hard, man. Like, people say, oh, well, you get rid of recruiting and, and you got professionals. Yeah, I hear all that. But this it's it's a hard job, man. You you have to – it's a lot of ego swallowing. That's, that's the one thing I think coaches – struggle with when they come to the NFL from college football. You have to take that ego and you got to swallow it. And some of these coaches ain't trying to do that. Not when I've been the man for so many... Urban Meyer been the man for a very long time. Very long time. Even when he did his broadcasting job before he became the head coach of Jacksonville, he was the man. And now you're telling him he got to swallow his pride for these other millionaires, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's a very hard thing. So I say that to say this. You know... This is an indictment on, you know, other young coaches that, that want to come. Because you know me. I didn't, I didn't wave the flag and say, go hire these, co these college coaches and bring them in and pair them in with the young quarterback and they speaking the same language. What, hey, Urban Meyer, you, you kind of spit them a face on that one. Um, but with that said, uh, I, I, I don't think Urban has lost his provider as a top coach in college football. He's definitely lost that as an NFL coach. But... <clears throat> to your point, I think we will see him again. I think we should see him again. And if these, like I said, if these reports are true, this just not going to cut. I think if the if the reports are indeed true, then I think I think Shai Khan was absolutely justified in letting him go now. And I'm I'm not a fan of getting rid of head coaches during the season. I don't think it accomplishes all that much. But like. I mean, at some point, there's just way, way too much smoke out here. Too much smoke. All the alarms going off. Like, we out here kicking people now? What is this? And, it, oh, man. Um, you know, I think um, I think Urban Meyer's gone. Uh, the most basic reason, if I had to guess, because I talk about having the right mindset. A lot of times when a team comes in and gets blown out, or they wouldn't, didn't treat their opponent with respect, 
they didn't have the right mindset. You pay the price for it. For it. I think this is another example of that. I think Urban Meyer thought he was going to bring in, you know, all of his college football experience. He could just directly translate that to the NFL. And uh, he found out, I don't think, that that's the right strategy. Um, it makes me wonder who he, who he didn't kick at uh, in college programs. He out here kicking people. That's what, because, I mean, reportedly, that's what he told Lambert. I'm the head coach. I kick you whenever I want. Uh, look here, man. Uh, this ain't college. Like, I mean, they not, they not hired here in, you know, the so-called indentured servitude. Like they got, you know, they, they probably got some savings and all from these millions, generally speaking, make pretty good money. So they're not just going to put up with this. Um, so I think that's the most fundamental reason that this did not work. Um, and then, you know, of course, I, and this is just surprising, like, the whole, you know, you spoke a little bit about the, the posture on the sidelines. We saw one of the Thursday night games that we watched. Mm-hmm. Like, man, could you, could you spread your legs any more far enough? Man? What were you looking at the ground for? They're discharged down there. What's going on, man? Um, you know, so, um, <laughs> so I mean, uh, but also, like, I thought, you know, the some of the press conferences, I mean, you you have to. There's such a, you have to be a leader of men, you know, and uh, you had, you got to take responsibility. Like when they ask you, Hey, um, we noticed James Robinson not playing. Like, what's up with that? Uh, you don't have to talk to the running back coach. Nobody wants to, nobody wants to interview the running back coach. We want to talk to you. What answers do you have? Um, and then it, why it don't you have answers for that? You know what I'm saying? And it, and it doesn't, you know, it also doesn't look good when, um, you know, <laughs> The whole there's so many so many just just errors being made you know where and some of them aren't that big a deal like the whole i know people probably think the whole tim tebow saga was a big deal i didn't think that was a big deal like when you combine it with everything else like sure that's another thing you can pile on there but the whole like the stuff about not not being accountable about you know personnel decisions that's being made look urban the buck stops with you if james robinson fumbled the football and you just didn't want to put him back in the game because he fumbled the football, then say that. Just tell him, hey, he fumbled the ball. I'm going to keep him out as long as I want. And then, you know, I'll put him back in. But it also doesn't help. You know it's bad when the rookie quarterback comes out and says, uh, yeah, we need we need that guy on the field. I, I don't know what this is. We need James Robinson. Like this whole Carlos High who, you know, played for you at Ohio State. Yeah, this dude's toast. And he is toast. I don't know if you see Carlos High play lately, but it ain't. it's not pretty. This ain't the 49ers Carlos High. Forget about it. Um, you know, talk about uh, Marvin Jones, you know, one of the most uh, mild-mannered guys out there. And he they, he leaves the facility, and you got people that's got to go outside and be like, hey, man, come on back in. Let's get on back in here. You know, so, you know, just everything. Look, Drink, I don't think no one cares. I don't think not many people care that Jacksonville is 2-11. I think, I don't, I mean, I think we maybe thought no. they, if things went well, they could have won maybe six games maybe. Right. But this was this was always going to be a process. All right. Urban Meyer had to do was come in and just, you know, bring, be a, like you like to say, hey man, be a professional. Right. Urban Meyer was not a professional in the least. Like the whole um, the thing in, in Ohio with that. I mean, optically that looks bad. You know that, especially when you know, oh, I'm going to stay with family. Oh yeah. You trying to? What are you annexing more family? Is that what we doing? Man, I, but you you said it, man. Like, 
and I, I I thought of this before we got on here. Like, man, this is uh, this is Freddie Kitchens esque, and probably worse than Freddie Kitchens at this point because we don't even get to finish the season. And you know, um, the one thing I really thought was was odd was the whole criticism of uh, the staff. Like, you know, what you said about the man, my coaching staff at Bowling Green was better than this. Like, right, right, uh, Urban. I, I really hate to break it to you, but um, Urban Meyer, you have one more career win than Dan Campbell. I just want to—I just got to tell you that you tied with David Culley, and Robert Sala got you beat by one win, and they all coached—they all coached equally horrible teams. So that's the kind of company you keep in Urban. Um, but in the end, the one thing I, I've seen some things like, I think some of this is just over the top. I, you know, some of the like, the, the uh, I think I think there's a little bit of character assassination. I, I think some of it, maybe some of this rightfully so, like when you're just this inept and this awful at literally everything. But I think I just scrolled past, you know, one ESPN clip and it was Dan Orlovsky, you know, who just gets on my last nerve. I don't know what he accomplished in the NFL. Oh, he was a part of an 0-16 team, congrats. Um, but he said, like, Urban Meyer is a bad man and a bad NFL coach. Okay, you want to criticize the guy's NFL coach? Sure, go ahead. But I'm not I'm not here for the whole character blow-up thing. Like, I mean, I'm just – I'm not here for that. And I do think – look, I do think Urban Meyer, we will see him again in college football because I, th- I just think there is no way possible that this will be the last we see. His coaching career is not going to end like this. And I think, you know, he may have not – professional football just may have not been been for him he he obviously to me has to run his program a certain type of way and just be that you know that iron fist at the top maybe can't do that in the nfl that's why you know you talk about pete carroll like pete carroll gets it you know pete carroll players coach he can speak to, you know he, he's a, he's an old guy but he can he can deal with the younger generation Irma obviously can't he need he need to coach college kids um but i think we will see him again and i think um Look, there'll be there'll be more coaching opens. I mean, we just saw like you had a, a wild year of turnover with, you know, the the LSU's and the USC's of the world, Miami. There'll be there'll be another job, and um, I think uh, it'd be a mistake to um, to count them out for the next one. All right, so uh, sticking in the NFL, uh, you know, we had a bomb burner last night with the, you know, the Kansas, Kansas City Chiefs going to Los Angeles to play the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, that game did go into overtime. The Chiefs won the game 34-28. Uh, Patrick Mahomes threw for over 400 yards with three touchdowns. Her, uh, Justin Herbert uh, threw for over uh, two, two, he threw for 236 yards and two touchdowns. Um, both defenses had key moments. I think uh, both offenses had key moments. What did you take away from this riveting overtime win by the Chiefs last night, Jay? This was a this was a really good was a really good game. Back and forth, compelling. A lot of offense. Um, the defense is making you know clutch stops. You know inside the ten, inside the five. A lot of things going on. Uh, um, I guess my my bottom line point is. Man, the Chargers, I feel like they let one get away. Man, it, uh, it felt like they had it. Felt like they had it, man. And um, they let I, I get and I'm I'm not I'm not mad at Brandon Staley for how, you know, he coaches the team and how he is super Frank Wright, maybe more aggressive than Frank Wright in Indianapolis is on fourth down. 
man, they left a lot of points out there. You know, particularly, and I, I'm the type of guy who, and I know you're playing the Chiefs, I get it. So you, you got to think like, man, field goals ain't going to cut it. But I think you drive down, you know, you get a big kickoff return, you got a chance to get up on the first drive of the game and on fourth down from what? Fourth down and goal from the five, you go for it. I just, oh, I'd kick it, man. I would have kicked that. And you got to think the game ended in regular, uh, regulation ended in a tie game. You take out of all these fourth downs that they didn't get and also that big fumble inside the five, uh, you kick one field goal, maybe you win the game. So um, I thought it would, I, I don't want to, you know, second guess too much, but there was look, fourth and goal from the five, man. I mean, that's, that's tough. And we saw the, the Chiefs, they weren't, they weren't great last night on defense, but they did come up with key stops and they've been playing tremendous football lately under Steve Spagnolo. So um, that, I didn't. I didn't love how Brandon Staley coached, uh, coached him last night. I didn't. I thought he was a little bit too aggressive on fourth downs. On the fourth downs, um, the other the other part for the the Chargers that you know was a little bit uh, distressing is man, oh man, they look. The Chiefs have two guys you gotta you gotta look at and take really seriously on offense, and that's Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Uh, Patrick Mahomes completed 31 passes last night for 410 yards. Uh, 22 of those went to Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. And you've got, what do you got here? You've got about 327 yards to those two guys. So uh, I don't know, Brandon Staley, again, uh, you're a defensive guy. You had the number one defense with the Los Angeles Rams last year. Could you stop? Could you prioritize stopping one of those guys at least? I get, I get it. You're not going to be able to, you can't double team everybody, but you can't let both of those dudes do that to you. That's what, that's where I'm coming from. Like you got Tyreek Hill doing whatever he wants to. And then all of a sudden the overtime, Travis Kelsey catch one at the, like the 30, what, and uh, the middle of the field. And he just like stops, <laughs> runs this way. And then, oh, he's gone. And I was, I was watching that replay that. And I said, like, there was some low effort football going on. Like, Number 43, I think your name's Michael Davis. I don't know what you were doing, man, but you were in the neighborhood and you could have done something and you look out, you look like you pulling a Teddy Bridgewater out here from a couple <laughs> weeks ago. That was horrible. And you get paid to play defense. So um, I, really, I think the Chargers, and look, look, the Chargers eight and five in that wild card spot uh, to start this game. And um, you know how competitive that wild card situation is, the AFC. So many teams at, right. you know, with seven wins, trying to, you know, find their way into one of those spots. Um, this was one, this was one the Chargers had a real chance at. They ran the football really effectively. And yes, they really they, did. They really did. Uh, I think that had a little bit to do with Chris Jones being out. Um, but if, look, if you don't, if you don't take advantage of your opportunities against Kansas City, they, they tend to make you pay. And what I thought, like, they, Again, like they left a little bit, they left way too much time on the clock when the Chargers when the Chargers scored their last touchdown. Mahomes comes down, he's able to tie it, and then over time they get first possession and they make it happen. I mean, look, Patrick Mahomes, you can't give him so many opportunities. Um, and last night he you're starting to see this Chiefs offense really kick it into high gear. They didn't run the ball at all last night, but again. Patrick Mahomes, one of the few quarterbacks. I don't care if he's got a running game or not. You're going to have a hard time stopping him. And, um, yeah, man, the, the Chiefs are red hot. It's going to uh, 
is the Chiefs and Patriots, the two hottest teams in football. Might be a collision course in the AFC title game. We don't know, but that's what it's looking like right now. And look, man, the Chargers, Chargers are really uh, a really talented team, but they, they are really, really flawed. And Brandon Staley got a lot to do. He got a lot of work to do to get this defense right. Um, and it's it's no shame in um, getting chewed up by the by the Chiefs and just letting them, you know, Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, they're gonna hurt you. But I I really thought they could have done something differently to not get just you know beat into the ground by both of those guys. That that was pretty disappointing. Yeah, um, I must say somebody cue uh, the Undertaker from WWE theme music for the Kansas City Chiefs because they just raised up out of the grave and they made it at ten and four. You say whatever you want about the way they started the season. They they legitimate contender in the AFC. Um, so. Like you said, I, I think it's a good chance it's between them and the Patriots when it's all said and done. But we'll see. But as far as last night game go, man, listen, I think we got the game that we wanted to see. It's, it's very evident that Justin Herbert is going to be a quarterback of the future. We know what Patrick Mahomes is bringing already to the NFL in the present, let's know in the future. And, and listen, I, I seen some receivers out there last night. It's been a while since. Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill had a, had a killer game together. All right, like they they I mean a game like that. It's been a that was a, almost a throwback if I must say so myself with both of them going off the way they did. And then on the Chargers, listen, Keenan Allen. I was like, oh, look at Keenan. I thought he was hurt in that one the one like rollover where he gets the ball down to like the three, and then um. Right. The guy rolls over his leg, and I was like, oh, they go Keenan Allen. They go the annual uh, injury right there. Go on, get him out of here. He's probably done for the season. But he ended up coming back, you know. Um, but uh, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, um, you know, got – what I liked about that game last night, the guys, the stars, the guys that you really came to see seemed to show up last night. I can't say that about every NFL game, especially every primetime game. You usually have one or two dudes not show up. I thought Mahomes showed up. I thought Herbert showed up. I thought Eckler and, you know, I, I you know, Justin Jackson, I'm, I'm just starting to realize exactly who he is and, what, you know, what he's about. But I know who Austin Eckler was. And I thought he, he played a pretty decent game. Even Edwards, he left, you know, with the two-point conversion or whatnot. I just like that all the stars was participants in the game last night. Now, to your point about the defenses, listen, Chris Jones was sorely missed last night, sorely missed. And and the Chargers knew it. They knew what time it was. They said, oh, y'all don't got y'all all pro here? Let's go ahead and run that thing up the middle then. And that's exactly what they did. No, I ain't mad at that. You seen the weakness? You smelt blood, you attacked. All right, cool. Ran that thing up the middle, did what they did. And for the Chiefs, listen, I, I think Mahomes said, listen, my, my guys got the advantage on the outside. And when when they do try to double Tariq, hey, you ready, Travis? Let's do it, baby. And for the first time in a long time, I think they was all on the same page. That's what we seen last night. We seen Travis on the same page with Tariq. Even, listen, even with Miko Harmon and Robinson and them not even really – participating in the game, even with those guys not doing what they're doing, 
they they still seem to have a good rhythm last night, you know. And listen, say what you want about the Chiefs defense, they showed up in the red zone. That red zone defense, they showed up for the most part. I mean, how many fourth downs did did the Chargers go for and got stuffed? I mean, they they it was the true um definition of bend but not break, as they say. That's what the Chiefs did. Now, you see 28 points and you say, well, hell, man, they broke a couple, they broke enough times. They scored 28 points and had to go into overtime. But this is a high-powered Chargers defense. I mean, offense here. This ain't the Jets. You know what I'm saying? This ain't, this ain't Jacksonville. No, you know, shouts out to Urban Meyer in the last segment. But this, this is a, a capable AFC leading team. I mean, in a, so this is a playoff team. Well, last night going into the, the you know the game, they was a playoff team. Uh, I haven't looked at the rankings since then, but they're a playoff team. So, listen, I think we have to give Kansas City some credit here. They was a team after, like, week four, we was done with them. Every, a lot of people was done with Kansas City. Oh, Patrick Mahomes overrated. Oh, they didn't figure Patrick Mahomes out. Oh, they didn't figure out Tyreek Hill. They didn't figure it out because Travis Kelsey. These boys can't do anything, and they can't do anything else because we've seen them struggle in the Super Bowl a couple of times. Now they didn't figure them out. And what did they do? Andy Reid said, let's go back to the drawing table, and let's figure out why we're lacking punch. And I'm going to tell you right now, Jay, they told us that that offensive line was retooled. That's what they told us. I ain't seen no retooled offensive line out there last night. Every time Patrick Mahomes hiked the ball, that pocket collapsed, and he had to get a move on. I don't know how good this offensive line was supposed to be, but it wasn't that at all. I, I wasn't particularly in light with that offensive line for Kansas City. Now, I liked it, the Chargers offensive line. They came to play. Even without Rashawn Slate, Slater, the guy that replaced him, he was just as good as advertised, folks. But you know how I feel about replacements. Give him a little tape. He might not be, you know. You know how I feel about that. But... With that said, he did come in. I thought he did a fantastic job replacing the young fellow with Sean Slater. But listen, all, with all this said, I think the Chiefs have shown we're, we're back. Where that crown at? You know what time it is. We coming, we coming for the AFC Championship again. And, and the Chargers, listen, you got to do some fine-tuning. You're, you're, you're getting there. You know, your team is getting there. But now you got to find a way to kind of tie everything in and actually get over the hump. This is a game you should have won last night. But, you know, when you're playing when you're playing the champs, and that's what Kansas City is when it comes to the AOC, you have to beat the champs. You can't come around here, in your words, pussyfooting around. And you kind of did that towards the end. And this is what you got. Either way, riveting game last night. Love the action. And um, I, you know, well-deserved win for Kansas Chargers. They got, they got, they got to come back and get do it again. But we'll we'll see how the rest of the season play off as far as the AFC race go. Now move on to the uh, to the NBA with the uh, Brooklyn Nets. And the Philadelphia 76ers, the Nets won this one 114-105. The Nets somewhat shorthanded last night. No James Harden, no LaMarcus Aldridge. Uh, Kevin Durant led the way with 34 points. It was 13-24 from the floor. 
uh, 11 rebounds, eight assists, got some help from Blake Griffin and uh, uh, Nick Claxton, both had 17 points. 76 was led by Joel Embiid, 32 points on the night on 11 for 20. Seth Curry also had 29, but it was not a good evening for Tobias Harris. He just scored, he scored 11 points and was just three for 17 from the floor. Uh, the final, the Nets 114 to 76 was 105. Nets led it by 18 at the half, and they would hold on from there. They lead the Eastern Conference at 21 and 8. The 76ers dropped back to 515 and 15. Drink, what'd you make of this one? Um, the Sixers are in trouble because even, listen, I, I, I got people saying, well, the Sixers was missing guys. Listen, you had Joe LMB, you had Tobias Harris, you had uh, Steph Curry. I'm, I'm, I mean, you said they're missing what Tyreek Maxey. He was in, I think, the protocol, and then that. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, that that excuse ain't good enough. That's just not good enough. Where you know who Kevin Durant best guy was? Who his who who his Robin per se was last night? Blake Griffin. With folks, let me tell you what Blake Griffin did last night. Just, just in case you didn't watch the game, let me let me hit you out the, with this this hotness right here. Blake Griffin played thirty two minutes and scored seventeen points with a with a, a whopping. He got nine rebounds and a whopping two assists, and he was a negative eight. That was his Robin. Oh, who who else you said? Nick Claxton, huh? Nick Claxton. What did Nick Claxton do? 17 points, um, two rebounds, and two steals and two blocks. And he was a negative one. So, I'll tell you what. For, Katie, for, for Kevin Durant to be such a skinny fellow, his shoulders got to be very, very strong. Like, he must do shoulders every other day when he work out. Because he definitely ain't doing legs. Because we done seen them joints. So, I gotta ask, like, and with with what I seen last night, and then with the news that we're gonna talk about later in the show, it's starting to make a little sense to me. You got James Har James Harden, he's in the protocol. We don't know when he will come out of the protocol. Clearly, he ain't he hasn't made the had passed the two uh, negative tests. But it's it just this this next team is really KD dependent right now, and. They still won to his credit, but he he out here, he he damn near gotta play 45 minutes a game now. Like, in order for them to have a chance. And this is why I say the Nets are, I mean the 76ers are in trouble. Because you should have beat this Nets team. It, it, I mean, come on, man. No, come, oh, you sit Katie had 34. The next best man had 17, which was Griffin and Claxton. And I, I go and look at the 76ers. Joel and B, 32 points. Steph Curry, 29 points. Tobias Harris, 11. And Shake Milton with the old 13. My point is, is MB had a lot more help on his side of the ball than KD did. And somehow the 76ers still lost. And I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I think the 76ers just got this complex with Doc Rivers where they just, when they're on the road, they just don't play with the same intensity that they do. I don't, I don't know what that's about, but it seems like when they're on the road, they kind of just, oh, you punch them in the mouth, they're just going to lay down. When they're at home, you got your beat talking about, this is my house. 
You ain't coming in here with none of that. When they played Golden State, I think it was, you know, this is my house. Yo, I defend my house. You you ain't feel it right now, baby. These, you know what I'm saying? These my lands. You know, I ain't talking all that. MP, why we don't get none of that on the road? I'm just, I'm curious. Like, I mean, granted, technically it's not your house when you're on the road, but I mean, like, own the place. If, if you really feel that way. If you're an alpha male in today's NBA, you can own other people's arena. Go go own that too. Because this whole I only play at home bullcrap y'all got going on, that's just not it. And so I look at that last night as an indictment, a really big indictment on the 76ers. I, I don't think they wanted it bad enough. I, I know a lot of people talking about Doc Rivers right now, like what what are we doing here? Um but for, for me, you know, it's, it could be Doc Rivers. But it, to me, it's, it's more of the team, man. It's just, listen, you know what? We had this conversation, right? And I'm kind of glad this is starting to play out now. We Remember, we, we, me and you used to have these conversations about who would have to leave, MB or Ben Simmons. And it was hard to tell which one was more valuable when they both played. Now that Ben Simmons haven't been around, and MB's been running the show by himself. It's no excuse about chemistry because Ben Simmons is not playing. So this was a clear-cut season for MB to be the clear-cut leader. And I'm not saying he's not playing well, but what I am saying is I don't think we're seeing that step up in leadership like I thought we would with Ben Simmons not being around. And the fact that he, he plays up and down to where the location of the game is, is kind of troubling for the 76ers, I think. You need your best player to be there every night. You know, and I just, I look at last night, and he played well last night. But he has to find a way to get his teammates more involved, I guess. I mean, look, Seth Curry showed up, so I can't say nobody showed up. But he's going to have to find a way. Because the one thing Ben Simmons did do was spread the ball. Push the tempo. Get guys that usually is not involved in the game, get them involved in the game by moving the ball faster across the court. That's when you get court marks shooting threes. That's when you get, you know, Maxi out here shooting threes, et cetera, et cetera. You don't quite have that burst because Simmons ain't there. Simmons, I mean, um, Embiid, this is your team. You need to act like it. But as far as right now, I don't know how long the Nets can sustain this success with just KD just kind of just out there doing his own thing. And come on, guys, come and play. I don't know how, how long you can sustain success with that. But like I say, um, good win for the Nets last night. But this is a troubling sign for the Philadelphia 76ers. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, tend, to, I, I tend to agree with that that this is troubling for uh, Philadelphia. Philadelphia was the number one seed in this uh, conference last year. They looked to, to be a surefire Eastern Conference Finals uh, team, and then they lost to Atlanta in the semifinals. And um, ever, ever since then, with the whole Ben Simmons thing, this, this thing is, um, it's, uh, it ain't honeymoon phases over for uh, Doc Rivers. Uh, we know that. I got to tell you, man, I, I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be too critical of Joel Embiid. I think. I think he could do more. I think. He, I think he's capable of playing better. My problem with Philadelphia right now is, and this goes back to um, 
you know, you, you, think, think about it like this. What if, what if Milwaukee, in Milwaukee, you had, because I always, I always say Milwaukee, it comes down, I know what Giannis is going to do. It comes down to what Middleton or Holiday is going to do. If they play right. well and they do what they're supposed to do, Milwaukee's going to be fine. Right. Now you look at Philadelphia. And B handle his business or he don't handle his business. He's he's typically the guy they can rely on. You know what you're gonna get with him. Um now the problem now that you don't have Ben Simmons is like, okay, who who who's next? Who's gonna step up? Well, what do you know? Mr. Max no sleep himself, Tobias Harris with a hot three for seventeen. Is that right? Come on, man. <laughs> this is like this is the problem. Philadelphia and I, I've been I'm really complimentary of their backcourt. It's deep. Now they, they were missing uh Maxi last night. They didn't have court miles. I get all that, but you can't I, th- these are these are not the most critical pieces that are making the, the, the max contracts, Tobias Harris. If you're making max money, could you give us more of a less of a minimum performance, I'd like to say? <laughs> um that's a, I think the thing about Philadelphia is Philadelphia just ain't that good. I mean, I think we just got to call it like it is. Like, they got Joel Embiid. They got a, a another, you know, all-star, defense player of the year type guy who, you know, he's got a, a real flaw in his game. But um, the problem is they still got him, and he ain't helping them or he ain't helping anybody. They got to get this dude out of here and make a trade. Because I'm, I'm saying, like, Ben Simmons. Would you, tra- would you trade for him? Well, it depends. It dep- I think it depends on the situation. But, I mean, it, Ben Simmons not playing at all just doesn't make sense to me. He could help somebody, and, and Ben Simmons not playing for Philadelphia, they, they could trade him for somebody, anybody, because they're not getting anything from him. So anybody they trade for could be something. Now, like, we, we can get in scenarios down the line of, you know, who would make sense, who would not make sense, but – um. Uh, Tobias Harris as a number two ain't gonna get it done for you. I mean, that's just that, that's. I think we. I think we know that. And who else you gonna rely on? Danny Green. Ah! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, yeah. Well, hey, shout out to Seth Curry though. Seth Curry doing what he can do. He trying to. He trying to make it difficult for us, saying like, "Oh, all y'all do want to do is talk about Steph. I'm gonna show you. I can shoot the ball too. You heard? Right. So he right. Out here, look, he out here doing what he need to do. But um, look, it, to me, Joel Embiid has to be, he's got to, look, he averaging 24 and 11 right now. And he need about 30 and 14 for this team to, you know, get it together. Because without Ben Simmons being their second play, their uh, second best player, you know, the second all-star on that team. I mean, Tobias Harris is the next talent, the next best thing they have on their team. And you know, I'm just, I'm, I, I'm not. I'm not feeling Tobias Harris as a number two. I don't know if I like him as a number three. I'd probably like him as a number four back when they had Ben Simmons and Jimmy Butler. That's when I was feeling Tobias Harris. Let's get the roles correct. All right. And then uh, since Jimmy, they let Jimmy Butler go, and now they ain't got Ben Simmons. It's still, what, a tra- what a train wreck. Daryl Moore need to get his act together. That's, that's what I think. All right, enough about Philadelphia. Look, Brooklyn, uh, you look, KD playing great. I just looked at the game log. Um, yeah, I, I can see where they, they worried about their minutes. They uh, I think he's out tonight with a little ankle soreness. He probably could use the rest. The good news for Brooklyn, even though they're dealing with they dealing with it right now. No James Harden, no LaMarcus Aldridge. 
Uh, my two favorite junkyard dogs, junkyard dog one, uh, Bruce Brown and uh, Bembry, junkyard dog two, just the, the yeoman's work guy. They don't do nothing but just grab loose balls and do the dirty work, as they say. <laughs> no Joe Harris either. So they is missing everybody. Uh, they got this dude, who is this? David Duke Jr. I need to look up his bio, uh, make sure I'm not getting him confused with other folks. Uh, but this is um, this is pretty remarkable that um, they as hot as they are with missing so many people. Look, they, look, right now they can afford it. Hey, KD, have a seat for a minute, man. Get you rest up a little bit. Uh, th this is this is gonna be one of them rare occurrences. Well, I am okay with like looking at the uh, you know the inactives or the injury report, whatever, and you can just write rest next to Kevin Durant's name. I don't, I don't want, I normally don't like to see that. But I think KD, KD, let him rest a little bit. And Brooklyn is 21 and eight right now. They lead in the they lead the Eastern Conference. They got plenty of room for error. We know when Harden comes at the protocols, they're gonna be fine. That they're gonna be a team to be reckoned with all year. They just they going through it a little bit right now. And I would not, if I'm Steve Nash, don't sweat this. Don't sweat this whole uh, all these regular season games too much. The, the net, no one's gonna care about what the Nets do in the regular season if they don't win the title. They got to win a t I think they got to win a title. And um, so Steve Nash got to focus on what's ahead of them. You know, if you drop a few games here and there because you're just missing everybody, don't be out here playing KD 40-plus just, uh, just to win a game against uh, Detroit or Orlando. It ain't worth it. You need KD down the line when you play the Milwaukee's, when you play uh, who else out there, when you play the Miami's. I don't know about the Cleveland's, Chicago's. You know, we'll, we'll see about this. But um, you know, Milwaukee's going to be there uh, for sure. And you got to be. You got these teams got to be right. Um, you know, for that time. All right. So staying in the NBA, our favorite guy in New York, Mister. I I'm, I'm gonna mix my own vaccine and take it. Now, um, Kyrie Irving. Breaking news out today that says he is interested in um, taking some of the, the, you know, COVID testing from the team. I think uh, whatever level of COVID testing that he's going to take will allow him to play away games right now. Um, it didn't specify if he was going to be back for the home games, but I did see away games. So, especially after what we just talked about in the last segment, Jay, what... How bad do Brooklyn need Kyrie right now? And is it the right move for the Nets to bring him back on a part-time basis? I love, I, re I really love when teams come out with just the most principled of stands and positions. You got the GM, who was it? Sean Marks come out there and say, uh, hey, uh, yeah, uh, upon further review, we don't want Kyrie. Look, if Kyrie can't play at home, we don't want him to play on the road. We don't want a part-time player. Yeah, um, well, we fast forward a couple months or so, and um, hey, Kyrie, can you come back and play on the road? We heard <laughs> We heard We heard that. <laughs> Between injuries and the health and safety, I think I find this to be comical. In a, in a brave new world with the vaccines, and the masks and the social distancing and the testing and just everything in the world. And Dr. Fauci up there just, you know, telling them you better, family better show the vaccine cards when they come over for Christmas and all this. Uh, 
in all of that, the Brooklyn Nets season would come down to calling one of the unvaccinated in to say that. I, I just find it, it's hilarious to me. It really is. Um, they said he wasn't going to play. Um, they ought, I don't know. I'm just, just like I said a few minutes ago, they is 21 and eight. Why they out here in panic mode? Like, look, this will pass. They won't have, you know, five, six people in health and safety protocol, whatever that even means. I'm just, I'm not even interested in it right now. Tell me how, tell me how many people are sick. Like Billy Donovan wants to ask, how many people are sick? Uh, so, but I just know, look, if you're the Brooklyn Nets and you had a position, why, why, why even bother with this whole thing about um, a, uh, a hey, look, New York's got the most, they got all these rules and mandates and blah, blah, blah. So you, you can't play for, cause you ain't been vaccinated. You can't, I don't know. I would have traded him then. If you're not, if he ain't gonna play, get him out of here. You could have, you don't, right. you could have got something. You don't mean to tell me like, hey, Orlando, you on Kyrie? You can sell some tickets down there. You a free state? Let's get him on down there. Do something. And now they coming. Oh man, we struggling. Well, we got Kyrie. Uh, Kyrie, can you come back and play on the road, man? I know we said we didn't want to do that, but we, we can help us out a little bit. So I'm. Rick, they twenty one and eight. They're gonna be fine. I don't. I don't think they need to do this. And. The other thing is, like, how motivated? Does Kyrie want to play at this point? Like, I haven't heard a word from him. And uh, I'm just wondering, I'm just wondering, like, how motivated is he going to be? Is he going to be motivated to be a part-time dude and just not perform for his home fans at, at all? Like, I got, I, I'm not, I'm really, I don't love this. Um, it is going to be, I guess, good to, like, see him back at some point, you know, if they if they make this happen. But, um, I don't know why, like, I wouldn't even like, I don't know why they come out here with these, like all these, it seemed to be like these principled stands if they weren't gonna worry about it. You know what else I'd be, I was just thinking about? Just what I'd like to know, and I, you know, shame on me for not knowing the answer to this, but I'd like to, I'd like to see what happened. Like, what if he just went out there and played in New York? What are they gonna do? What are they gonna do, find somebody? They gonna find the billionaire owner? I, I'd like to know, like, and that just goes back to my whole, like, my whole position about some of this nonsense with just COVID this, COVID this, COVID everything for, for years and years and years. It's 2023 and they released the Zulu variant and we still here and people are wearing three masks at a time. Just never ended. What if he just, I want to see it, just go out there and play. What's the penalty? What y'all going to do? Oh, find me. Okay. Find the owner. Find the owner. I don't, drink, go ahead. I'm, I'm done with this. I don't, I don't know if it'll be. I, I think Adam Silver gonna have some questions to ask. Um, if you know what I'm saying, I, I don't know if he wanna like challenge the state like that because you gotta understand he has NBA teams in other states. So you start challenging one state, I don't know how that rubs off and correlate to you know the other states that you know California for example that that has oh, yeah. other strict mandates. Right. Um, right. So. He, 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 you know what I'm saying? He got a big plate there to eat. So I don't know if he want to, you know, push that envelope. Um, but what what this does, like, what I wonder is, I think Brooklyn had a hard time finding a trade partner. Because I don't, I don't understand. Now you coming. I really don't like that the Brooklyn Nets are starting to backtrack on what they initially said. I, I really like they, they stance. Listen, we don't want a part-time player. Either you're in or you out. If you're out, then you out. Cool. Whatever. You out. We won't pay you. Go do whatever you're gonna do. And just, if we find 
And just to cut in real quick, Kyrie apparently they have no problem with that. Right. They are they are caving to a dude who don't even must not care all that much. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, no, he, it ain't like he advocating on his social media or right, you know, his yeah, agent miss, out here making. I miss playing basketball, y'all. I miss it. Let me back in. I get, I get, I get the Jocelyn Johnson. For being coach. Um, so, um, it, it looks incredibly kind of weak by the Nets to do backtrack and say, hey, you know what? We was just playing, man. Um, yeah. Jokes on you. Uh, you want to come back and play away games? But like I said, I, I do think that at, at some point, I feel like maybe they had a hard time finding a trade partner. And they said, listen, we're not paying them. I got it. But if we're just going to keep him here and he's a talent and we got Kevin Durant out here doing shoulder workouts every game because he got to carry the team with no James Harden, would it be the worst thing in the world to let him play away games? Would it be terrible to let him play since no, – and, and, and the problem is, just like in any sport, when the player diminishes his own value, it's very hard for the organization to get any value for that player. Kyrie has took a dump on his value. Let's just call it what it is. He did took an old national fashion boop over his value by the way he's been acting. The way he's been like putting it. So most I just feel like most teams like even in Florida and Texas. Like, think about the teams in Florida and Texas. Houston ain't bringing them in to mess up their young core. Like, nah, nah, we good on that. You know Pop ain't dealing with them in San Antonio. You can go on and get that up. Pop ain't dealing with that bull crap in San Antonio. He did want him when he when he first left Cleveland. And he was like, oh, okay, yeah, we'll, you know, we can make something happen. But since all this shenanigans, no, nah, no, nah, Pop is over that. And then Dallas, they got Luka. They don't really need, you know, Kyrie. So, you know, I, I, I think the three the three teams in Texas was out on it. Then when you start looking at Florida, Orlando already a dumpster fire. So they just like, eh, do we really care that much to bring this guy down here? And we already, you know hot garbage you know what i'm saying so you and then miami they don't need them they already got their team set so i say all that to say maybe the only option Kyrie really got to play is for the nets to call him back and make him a part-time employee or the only option brooklyn really got at this point with them not knowing you know when james harden gonna come back or you know be fully back in is to call Kyrie back and play play on part time. So as I look at that, maybe part time is the the last course of action for both parties. So it's it's odd as it as odd as it is. This way we at. All right, time to finish off show. A lot of topics, a little bit of time. Take it away. Take it away, drink. Let's roll, baby. The NBA and the NBA PA has agreed to increase testing and more stringent protocol in order to fight COVID-19. When these new measures slow down the spread, Jay? Oh, we're gonna do the uh, we're gonna do the things we've been doing already. Um, no, I, I don't think so. It's a it's a virus. I think it's gonna do what it does. On Thursday, Chicago Bulls coach Billy Donovan says he hopes his team is cleared to resume activities in the next few days. 
before his team plays the Lakers on Sunday. The Bulls haven't done anything as a team since Monday drink. How do you think that time off will affect them? Uh, I think that's bad. Just think about like when we watch the playoffs and we see a team get a sweep and then we see a team that played seven games the, the series before. That team that get a sweep usually need a little bit to get back in the groove. These boys ain't practiced since Monday. Today, Friday. Good luck. I think they're going to be a tad bit rusty. But, um, you know, good thing is it's middle of the season and most people are not going to lose and sleep about that right now. Pittsburgh quarterback Kenny Pickens will skip the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl and prepare for the NFL draft. Is that the right decision? I don't know if he could make a wrong decision, um, to be honest with you. I think if he played a bowl game, I think even if he come out, you know, unless he, you know, if he got seriously injured, like that would hurt him. But, I mean, this quarterback class so weak, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't think it matter what he do, drink. Like, you know, they, they, I don't know where they got him on the big board, but it ain't that high, but you know how it is. A team that need a quarterback, they're going to flop around in the top 10, and he's going to get drafted regardless up there, and then they'll be disappointed in a couple of years. But, um, hey, that's what it is. He, whatever he want to do, man, the, the world is his oyster, as they say right now. Michigan State running back and Walter Camp National Player of the Year, Kenneth Walker, has decided to skip his senior season. He's also going to go to the draft. Where does he rank among running back prospects for you? Um, so right now on our big boards, I don't see a running back on the big board in the first round. So he's definitely going to be a day two, three guy. But I do think he should be the first running back off the board. I mean, listen, if some guys out there, I got it. This is a very good running back class, piss poor quarterback class, but good running back class. But like, let's be honest here. No running back is coming off day one. So, you know, I say a high day two, you know, low low like uh day three guy so i think we'll see him in, in, the, in the second round saints coach sean payton would miss sunday's game versus the Bucks after testing positive for covid for the second time jay your reaction man if only he had got the vaccine wait got the he got the, he got the vaccine i i don't get it man i uh i don't know but let's let's what's the next one Plenty of transfer poll news to bring you among quarterbacks as LSU's Max Johnson is headed to Texas A&M. Central Florida's Dylan Gabriel is moving out west to UCLA. And Nebraska's Adrian Martinez will play his eighth, ninth, and final collegiate season at Kansas State. Uh, which of those will have the best season in 2022? Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say uh, Max Johnson, since he's going to the team with the most ready-made fit right there. Um, team that's going to be stuck with talent, especially after this recruiting class. Um, no disrespect to the other guys, but they're just not going to teams that, I mean, Chip Kelly might leave UCLA here sometime soon for another job that we don't even know about. And Kansas State, well, they're Kansas State. So, yeah, I'm going, I'm going to go with Max Johnson on that one. The Los Angeles Lakers will reportedly sign veteran guard Isaiah Thomas as the team deals with his own COVID issues. Do you expect Thomas to have much of an impact? Ah uh, man, this a this a temp loan. Um, you know, it's a feel good story to have him on back in there. But look, look, Isaiah Thomas. He, he the the best we saw of Isaiah Thomas was what we saw in Boston when he got traded to Cleveland. That was it. The dude just ain't been the same since the hip injury and all that. So um, nah, we'll, I, hopefully, hopefully he get enough run to like stick around the league. But um, as far as huge impact, I I just don't see it. Tomorrow evening is UFC Vegas forty five Lewis uh, versus. On ESPN Plus at the UFC Apex in Las Vegas, the main event is a heavyweight fight between the number three ranked contender Derek Lewis and the number seven contender Chris Dawkins. Drink, who you got? Yeah, I'm going to take Lewis by knockout. This is going to be pretty easy. 
The New Orleans Pelicans star forward Zion Williams will be reevaluated in four to six weeks after receiving a biologic injection that is meant to help his fracture, his fracture right foot heal. Seems like he keeps dragging this out, doesn't it? I don't know if he's dragging it out, but you know, the only thing that drag out longer than uh, Zion's foot recovery is this pandemic. Like, I don't know what, <laughs> is he, what is it? Can we, come on, man. Like, God, we, he'll be in year five. We still gonna be waiting for Zion to, you know, get this team to the playoff. They're here bumbling around. I read something like, hey man, they, what was they like start two and 14, but man, they seven and seven cents. Time to get excited. Zion gonna come back and they're gonna go probably eight and six over 14 games. Like what that's gonna be great. Oh god, I'm getting tired of this. Tomorrow night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard on Showtime pay-per-view. It's Paul versus Woodley the second at Amelie Arena in Tampa, Florida. The return of Jake Paul to the boxing ring against a familiar foe and Tyron Woodley in a rematch of their August showdown. Drink. Will we see anything different in this rematch? I'm hoping this. Is right. The only difference we can see in this rematch is a, a knockdown. So somebody get knocked down actually this time around. That's the only thing we can really see. We've seen them hug each other. We've seen them talk trash. We've seen them do all this other stuff. We've seen them sell the fight. Now can somebody actually fight and do something exciting? So if that doesn't happen, no. But I, some something inside me says we will see someone get knocked down. So we'll see how that rolls. All right. Well, that concludes... Tonight's drink of wisdom. As always, like, listen, share, subscribe, and thank you for joining us. I'm Jay Wise. And I'm Nathan Drinker. And remember, make tomorrow better than today, and make today better than yesterday. And you know what we're going to do. We're going to holler at you until next time, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a drink of wisdom.